The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored this week by Motor Bunny, the ride-on-top vibrator. Get $50 off a Motor Bunny starter kit at MotorBunny.com by entering the code MANHOR at checkout. Now let's start the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey there, fluid fuckers and bonus boy holes. This is Billy Persida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Welcome to all my new listeners. Uh, if you are new, this is a podcast where, you know, I usually talk to women I've hooked up with about sex and dating and gender and love and and the occasional orgy. Uh, but however, this week's guest is not one of my former flames. No, it is... I'm, I'm going to call them a queer superstar phenomenon, Milka Halili is on the podcast this week, and I'm very excited to tell you more about them in a bit. Yeah, I said them, and uh, don't don't start with me. Look, I we talk about it in the episode. They had a good point. Don't harp. Just take a win, okay? Uh, you know, the, the last week has been my first full week working for me. Working for you, really. Uh, you know, I left the day job on December 1st, and I did a whole week just now of... Uh, you know, of going to a coffee shop, working on the podcast, working on my stand-up, going to open mics, buying dry erase boards to put up in my apartment so I can be more creative and just write shit on the walls. It's literally the dream. The dream is to live a lifestyle where I do some odd jobs to make ends meet, have cheap rent, and pursue my passion. My passion happens to be making strangers laugh and talking about my dick. Those are my passions. And I would not be here without you, the listeners. There are so many of you, and there's more and more of you every week. And that's because a lot of you are sharing the show with your friends. I mean, the amount of you have said that I am a big hit in your office or on your dorm's floor. I mean, that's amazing. And that's how we grow this show. And I want to thank all of you for that, and I want to thank all of you for being such loyal listeners and for downloading every week and checking me out and following me on Twitter and sending me cookies. You know, it, it's, it really warms my heart. I am really proud to say that my biggest sponsors of the podcast are the listeners themselves, and that's why I'm asking you all, become an official fan whore for just $1 a month, just $1 a month means that you value independent content creators, that you value the people you enjoy listening to or watching or reading every week. If every single one of you pledged $1 a month, which is 25 cents an episode, patreon.com slash podcast, or you can download the Patreon app and you can find me on there. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Now, this week's guest also has a Patreon for their writing and their porn that they create, uh, Milka Halili. I heard Milka first on another podcast called Why Are People Into That with Tina Horn. I'm sure many of you either found me on there or have heard my episode uh, on that podcast. And I heard Milka's reached out, said, wow, you're awesome. <laughs> and it turned out Milka was visiting New York and they reached out to say like, hey, can, uh, can we do the podcast? I was like, let's fucking do it. And, you know, what I like about Milka is, she, you know, I keep saying she, uh, 
Milka is a female-bodied person, but is gender queer or fluid. Uh, we we talk about the labels soon, and by the end of the episode, uh, they convinced me to use the pronoun they at bare minimum for them. Uh, what progress, baby steps? So. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this episode. It's really cool. I love Milk. This one has this might be one of the most quotable episodes since Justin Flanagan. Uh, great stuff going on. Gave me the term bonus boy hole. Wow, what an amazing, uh, what an amazing phrase for a part of your body. So we talk about BDSM. We're talking about kink, relationships, feminism, privilege, consent, identity politics, all that stuff. To quote Milka Halili, I'm going to make so many enemies with this podcast. I am excited. I hope you are too. I love you all. Now let's talk with Milka Halili. Thanks for thanks for coming by. I'm here with uh, uh, Milka Halili, who I would... Let, let's go through the checklist of the, the things. Uh-huh. Writer, right? Writer. Cam girl? Cam person? Porn. Yeah, not so much anymore. More no, porn no performer. Because yeah. a lot of these things will like change. Sometimes you uh-huh. stop and you start different. Okay, so no, it's not as much cam, but porn, mm-hmm. right? Speaker. Mm-hmm. And I'm forgetting what the, four, the other one was I had. Am I missing? You have like a full resume. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur you, as you well. You do a lot of the things. Yep. A I lot do of all, the stuff. A lot of the things. Yeah. All the hats. Many activities. Uh, <laughs> but uh, welcome and thanks for, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, you, you reached out. Yeah. It was... Uh, I really well. You had reached out to me after I had done that Tina Horn. Right, right. What? Are, why are people into that podcast? Mm. And I was like, Oh, cool. Uh, it's good. It's good to know somebody's listening. <laughs> um, Isn't that nice? Because you put stuff out there, you just, you vomit your soul, and you're right. hoping someone's receiving it. Exactly. Oh man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's that, and yeah, and then I was really impressed with your interview with April, so decided to reach out. Well, I'm glad somebody uh, is impressed with something. Uh, <laughs> I am easily in trouble, I find, uh, more often than oh. not, which is strange. I, I feel uh, like that's all part of life. Yeah, but like in the sex pause world, I find uh. that, that can get odd. Something, something interesting about you, which when you decided to reach out, you had, uh, you had made mention that you identify as demisexual. Right. And then I said, well, I, that's interesting because I did a whole episode. That's going to be a conversation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you listened to the show with Bauer. What you, what'd you think? Um, to be honest, I didn't listen to the whole thing. Okay. I like really listened to the, the beginning and I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I still stand by my position on right. zucchinis. Well, <laughs> yeah, zucchinis is a little, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I can understand your resistance and I often like feel like for, for me, like if I were to like only pick one word that would encapsulate me, it would be fluid mm-hmm. because otherwise I just like, I don't know, I get really frustrated sometimes with identity politics and labels and like those labels having some sort of like scriptive narrow narrative that you can follow. Right. But, and that's like, that's kind of our generation's thing though, is right. the whole. And that's like completely <laughs> opposite of the point of labels. Like, I feel like lab- labels are more like boundary placers to mm-hmm. let you know where you are at, at any point in time or to like easily tell somebody who's kind of like my sexuality elevator pitch. So I don't have to tell you everything about how my genitals work, I guess, or right. don't work. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, when it gets to be this like convoluted, like, identity politics war and then i just like it's like come on if you have to take longer to explain what that word you used was than right. to just say what you meant you know then what was the point of having that exactly is, is, is my opinion on it yeah yeah i i totally vibe with that and i just i don't like how caught up people get in it 
because I feel like it's it just defeats the point. So you identify as gender queer. Like, when did you know that that was there was something going on there? Um, I have always kind of known that I was gender queer, even before there was a, a term for it. I just felt different. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel quite like the girls or the boys. I just knew that I saw the world differently. You felt like Milka. Yeah, yeah. like a person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like an. Indi- it's crazy. It's as if people are individuals and have their own thing. Right. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I. But like going back to what I said about feeling more, uh, like I identify more with the term fluidity mm-hmm. because in that, like, pretty much encapsulates the human experience. Like we all go through phases. We have the ability to evolve and adapt and change. And fluid, like sound, fluid sounds a little messy, like, right? And and but that's great because the human experience is a messy fucking yeah, thing, exactly. You know, and we're all going through it. <laughs> it's very troublesome. This human thing. Oh, and then it is hard. <laughs> it is quite difficult. Uh, you know, but the thing with gender, because again, like as a guy who tries to do, like I feel like I'm on the right side of things overall, right? And I, so I'm always like trying to keep up with the new glossary, the new. The new buzzwords, right, right, and try to like me like stay current. Uh, it can be difficult sometimes, like catching up because like, some of them can be, you know, some people go like, "Well, I'm gender fluid, not gender queer." I'd be like, oh, "I don't know the difference. I'm sorry, but like, can you just can we not yell at me?" Just, right? Um, is there is there a difference between those labels or? I feel like there is in the same way that words and symbols mean different things to mm-hmm. different people. Okay, but I'm not I'm not really one to like immense words you know like for me i feel like like, for example i feel like trans is an umbrella term Mm -hmm. for like gender fluid gender queer whatever you know um gender non-conforming non-binary whatever you want to call it but um just like queer is a is a umbrella term for people who don't fit under the heteronormative binary so (laughs) that's fair enough (laughs) yeah i mean the only thing i ever you know just thinking about gender queerness is that I th- and correct me if I'm wrong because I am very often wrong because I don't know better. It's you know it's it was originally something kind of more like a political pushback on like the bind like the gender binary, right? Right. But to from what I'm trying to understand is that it almost seems like to at some at some point doesn't the idea of gender queerness reinforce gender norms in the first place? Like if it's like I don't feel like a typical woman i'll be like but then that doesn't right. that mean that then there is this typical woman and i'm saying like if there is no if we're trying to buck back against those i don't know like right. shouldn't you be able to like be a woman who is not like that typical woman anymore i i hear what you're saying i feel like i only ask and try and understand i'm not yeah. trying to say like your no, thing no, is no. wrong yeah of course not i i understand where you're coming from i feel like so the whole like non-binary thing and mm. getting caught up on like when people ask me like oh so what does this mean so like non-binary it means that it's the opposite of this and I'm like and so I have to say well I mean non-binary wouldn't exist without binary right <laughs> just like masculine wouldn't exist without feminine or you know it's like yin and yang they're kind of like one and the same but they're also it's different. yin and yang. Yeah. Oh my God. Have white people just been mispronouncing that forever? I don't know. I feel like I, well, don't we? Because I thought it was yin and yang. Yeah. Maybe. But we, like maybe we've know. been wrong for centuries. We just <laughs> someone in eighteen twenty nine meant one dude from Japan and just mispronounced it, and then it just set the tone for America to be really wrong. I mean, like everybody has an accent. Is any sure. accent wrong? Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I I get that. But sorry. Uh, continue. 
Yeah, so I I don't know. I guess the point is like I guess it just really just depends on the individual who's who's speaking on the word cuz with words you take on your own life experience. So I can't, you know, I'm not going to like go around self like I can self-determine, but I'm not going to place somebody else's ability to like self-determine. Right. Like if they want to identify that way, cool. It doesn't have to be my same belief. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as like I want to give them space to be what they want and who, be who they want and believe what they believe, like I don't feel like people need to push that on me, you know. Or if like you know they want to put a boundary, like I don't know. It seems like when you like mess up or if you like say something that's like faux pas, like you, like people get really offended and they're like ah. And but the, but the people <laughs> who get like that are like only in the subset of like the sex pause world. You know mm. what I mean? Uh, yeah, well, I feel like the I sex like, positive world is kind of weird to begin with. Like, because they're not that much different from, say, like alt right people, you know, in, yeah. in the way in which they practice. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make so many enemies with this podcast. Oh, but like, yes, <laughs> join me. But, but, but I, I don't know. Did like, you I, hear what Milka Halili said <laughs> on that fucking man whore bullshit? <laughs> right. I just, I don't know. Like the same thing. What I was saying earlier about like people getting really caught up on what it means to be sex positive. Um, I don't know. I feel like everybody is problematic, mm. and if we could all just like own that that we're all problematic and that we're gonna like fuck up or like say something that isn't like pc around somebody like maybe that would give us all like you know some like compassion to just be like kinder and how we like maintain our boundaries and how to be we like navigate like language. i've to be like i've messed up and i understand why they messed up since i'm shouting at this person <laughs> For messing up on a different thing, I can like talk to them. But the other thing that yeah. like I, I've noticed that the like blogger types might do is that they don't want to have discussions. And like when right. I when you hit me up said like, hey, you know, if I'm gonna be in New York, would you like to? I I gave you this long, uh, like this sort of long, just like disclaimer, be like, hey, yeah. I don't know if you know about me much, but like you know, I mean, you, we may disagree. And you were like, right. yeah, that's that's a that's how how conversations work. Right, like, that's the human experience. Yeah, but a lot of people, you know, you, if you have the i mean i got into i got yelled at on twitter like a year or something ago about like the difference between what the legal standard for consent should be enthusiastic versus affirmative versus whatever and like because i thought enthusiastic consent was a little too extreme of a legal standard i they started tweeting at me like i was a rapist and i was like what come, come on now like settle down yeah because what if you're like sleepy the, the argument but horny and then you don't it doesn't come off as enthusiastic right but internal or what if you're like an introverted person who's not very expressive so like your version of enthusiasm is like a monotone yes i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean like i don't really know the context of the i conversation. promise you i am enthusiastic <laughs> right now i am so enthusiastic i am incredibly turned on <laughs> right please I don't know. please have sex with my non-robot pussy right now please yeah, well, the example they were giving where it was like if someone, if let's say a woman's like, she does, they're fooling around and then at some point they're like, they want to go to bed and they say, no, we're not having sex. And the guy's like, please, please, please. Now he's not being coercive. He's not um, threatening. He's not trying to blackmail. He's not being, he's not doing anything like to invoke a power imbalance. He's just being annoying. He's right. just being, please, please, please. They were saying if she gives in, says like, fine, get it done so I can go to sleep. They were trying to say that that should be rape. And because I disagree, I didn't say like, oh my God, you're all crazy. I just said, I disagree. And they right. like went on a tear. And I'm like, that's what the alt-right people do. 
Like if you t- if you calmly disagree with some, hmm. you know, they'll they lash out instead right. of having a discussion. Yeah. Well, and also the thing is, like, if you don't disagree with somebody, like, if you yell at them, it's not going to get them to agree with you. Anymore. I've learned nothing from being yelled at. Right. I've learned things about gender and feminism and sexuality that I couldn't understand from my own experiences. I only understood and learned from discussions like this that were kind of on, even if we disagree vehemently, right. we're agreeing, we're not going to hate each other at the end. You're gonna, we're going to maintain respectful conversation. Yeah, even if heated. You know, exactly. You, you got to be able to do that. Otherwise, no one's going to take you seriously. True. And and then then we don't actually make any sort of change. And then the, the dudes who look like enemies on Jezebel, you know, we don't learn anything. Right. Well, going back to that scenario, I feel like that would be kind of rapey if like, the guy was beyond annoying and were to like punish her emotionally or physically or otherwise for not having like gone through with it. I feel like that would be like abusive. But if the guy I'm was saying just- she, but she can kick him out of the bed. She can uh, leave herself. I mean, there's like right. other options. I know like women are like, or like, or people who are like perceived as women are indoctrinated to kind of just like, do what the man says to please the man, and that's how they're raised. So maybe they don't feel like they have another um, option. But I also feel like it's but I still also, feel like that shouldn't be like a crime. I feel it, like well, yeah, I don't feel like that should be like. It sounds like bad sex. I I don't think it should be illegal. To, I mean, some people it think a it should be a relationship. Right, period. Right. <laughs> but like, yeah, it, I mean, there like there are other options for yeah. women. They yeah, they could kick them out. They could like you know enforce their boundaries but i don't know i yeah i'm it's a little extreme on my like from my point of view too right. yeah i don't know <laughs> well you're also a wonderful writer you uh so you're working on a memoir right now is that yes. what it is okay so you send me an excerpt from it it's beautifully written it's Thank not triple x rated i think from the start if i remember correctly right so i'm lulled in the sense of comfort at uh, my <laughs> desk job and I'm reading it on the screen. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's about, oh, there's some dad stuff. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then it just slowly devolves into like, and I'm on a kink.com shoot and I'm getting just, and cock this and cock that and orgasm. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling very uncomfortable right now. This is really, really good. This is a little too good. I should probably take this to the bathroom. That's um, a great response. It was, it was phenomenal. It was great um, because it wasn't just straight erotica. It wasn't right. just like a bunch of sexy words. There was rhythm. It was... It, like it, it had poetic rhythm to it. It was great. Thank you. It was wonderful. While also like, you know, making me uncomfortably hard at work. It was uh, <laughs> it was great. So you were writing about your experiences uh doing that was that one of your first porn scenes? Mm-hmm. It was my first boy girl scene. Okay. Yeah. For kink.com. Yeah, for kink.com. It was a public disgrace shoot. Um those are the ones like in a bar or something? In a bar or like a public place yeah it's staged but um i know you're ruining the facade for me it's one of my favorite genres (laughs) right but But they like rent out a bar and then they invite a bunch of extras or something it was for this particular scene it was actually in the basement of the san francisco armory okay the like the big the big kink palace but yeah um it there were like 80 people there it was insane okay like i just remember after the shoot, cabbing home, and the first thing I did was plop in bed. I, I instantly fell asleep, and I remember waking up an hour later not being able to move my body at all. Like, I willed my body to move my body. My body was like, fuck, no, you're not moving. You just got fucked the shit out of you. <laughs> like, you're not moving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What, what made you want to start doing porn? Um, To be honest, I 
always thought that I would be good at making porn, like being a videographer or directing and producing porn. So I thought, well, if I want to be an empathetic director, then I should probably be in front of the camera. Mm. But I had no interest in doing any of that. It actually took my friend who had taken candid nudes of me to be like, you should be a webcam model. And I was like, nah, I'm never doing that. That sounds that sounds not like my thing. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up doing the thing. And from there, <laughs> started doing porn. So. so the camming came first. Yes. Camming's great. Yes. Such an fun. easy way. I, I did that in college for like about a year or so. Weird. It's a great way to just like do homework. And if someone pings in, be like, oh, hi, what's going on? Uh, you want me to do what now? All right. I was going to do that anyway. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, man. I would tell friends, they're like, I'm getting paid to jerk off. Like, how much did you make jerking off last night? Zero dollars. Well, you seem <laughs> to be very irresponsible financially <laughs> with your loads. Um, so what was the transition from camming to porn? Well, it started in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. started webcamming in my bedroom. And then I applied to kink.com. And then I started webcamming in the Emory. Mm. So from there... Um, I had ha- I had a first shoot with them, but I like totally fucked up. You're not supposed to have any marks. And a week before my first shoot, I was cleaning the garage, and something like some sharp object scraped my leg, and I had this like long cut. And they were like, "Nope, you cannot shoot with us." So I, I just started camming more and more until eventually one day. They said that somebody had called out last minute, mm-hmm. and then they reminded me about how I couldn't show up last time, so I better show up this time. <laughs> I mean, I feel, happened. I feel like sometimes that happens where they say, look, wh- do what you want in your private life, but if you're doing like kink scenes at home, right. make sure you don't come back with bruises. And right. they's like, what did we tell you? Be like, no, no, it's an accident, I swear. Right, right. I just scraped it against, I was cleaning, I promise. Unfortunate accident, yes. Yeah. Okay, and and so what type of scenes do you do now? I haven't, I haven't watched your work. Uh, when I, when I like, I remember when I had to do, when I had Sarah J on or when I had April Flores on, like, I did like, you know, research uh, with some lotion <laughs> nearby, but I did research. Right. <laughs> um, I've, I, I've seen some stills on Twitter, but, which uh, you're great on Twitter, at Milka Halini. Thank you. Um, but. Um, yes, that's M I L C A H H A L I L I. Um, <laughs> a lot of letters that. you don't expect to be exactly. together, but they're hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mostly do BDSM. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bottom it, uh, subbing? Uh, subbing, very rarely topping, and I'm aiming at doing more topping on film. Um, I got into mainstream this year as well. I tried it for a little bit, but I realized I'm mostly just like, a nasty, kinky person, so right. <laughs> I should stick with that. But it, that was a lot of fun, too. Um, I did a bunch of anal shoots. I like anal, okay. so anything involving, like, anal, anything, like, really gross. Really gross? Like, disgusting, like, I'm, I'm down for. <laughs> in the in that, that's, like, private life? Uh, also on film. Yeah, well, also like, on film. The weirder, like, the weirder shit, the nastier shit, the better. What type of weird, nasty shit are you into? Uh, I mean, I guess it's not that nasty, but uh, for like the the muggles or the norms for, for the muggles or the civilians, I guess it is. But like, like spit. Oh yes, yes, spit. Just oh, gonna, sorry, a little bit. Okay, better. <laughs> yes, uh, spit. I really love spit. Um, maybe this is kind of gross or like TMI, but like if the if I like April suck- Flores talked about <laughs> peeing on people, so oh, it's true. okay. If I like, if if somebody sticks it up my butt and there's like a little bit of poop on there, like or like brown lube, I won't care. I'll just I'll suck it up. I'll you'll it up. suck it up. Yeah, you know, like like a good person would. You'll su- you'll <laughs> suck the Santorum. 
<laughs> yes, uh, I'm moralizing dirty sex. Um, but yeah, no, I'm. Don't you get just, worried? Is there like don't, aren't there precautions you should take when when doing that? Well, Rosario Dawson said in Clerks too, you never go ask the mouth. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I get tested when I'm shooting consistently. I get tested every like two weeks so if there's like a little bit of like i mean inevitably like if you're gonna stick it in there there's gonna be something right. on there um so i just really like don't care like if it's edgy if it's kind of gross if it just like for me it symbolizes like just like surrendering mm -hmm. to whoever i'm playing with and just like taking it all is that the nastiest you've done is, is sucking on the poop <laughs> sucking on the poop poop um the poop stick oh i'm so gonna regret this podcast the, cho the chocolate popsicle uh, i don't know i've the I've, dipstick I checking have, oil i'll just keep going i have swallowed piss yeah but i, I can handle swallowed. that i That's swallowed that piss bad. as a kid all the time right right not, okay not all the time sorry that now i'm gonna regret i used to like um, in the shower like i i don't know i had a weird thing from probably the ages of like four to ten with and shower and myself and then I learned what shame was and, the, and I think I stopped right. that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know what gross really means anymore but for me, I guess like in the porny sense, it's like if you like degrade me, if you humiliate me, humiliate me um, if you just say like really like perverted mindfuckery kind mm -hmm. of stuff, I'm into it, you know? I'm into. I'm really into pain. I'm a pain slut. So that when did you first discover that? Me. Um, that's a good question. I think that I've always had a propensity to receive a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. I used to self harm, um, and so I guess from there I learned that I could tolerate a lot of pain. And it wasn't really until my adulthood that I really started exploring it with other people. Okay. But I just remember ever since I was young, I I had fantasies of like being mind fucked or like mind fucking someone else and just like spanking or bondage or yeah. Okay. All that. <laughs> what? Do you ever get like flashbacks to so like you might be into something and you don't know why, and then all of a sudden you start having flashback, like early childhood memories, and you're like, ooh, that maybe is where it's from. Maybe, but I'm not really the person, like the kind of person that believes that something in your life necessarily, like, not 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 causation, not like uh, right. you had daddy issues and that's why you're into daddy stuff. Right, I right. mean, like it, like maybe the fetish or the thing you were into. Um, it it, it oh. came out in other forms. Like example, like uh, I'm not like a sub in like the the dom sub sense, but I'm like submissive. Right. Or I I usually say like I'm like the adjective, not the noun. Right. You know. And I I I started in the last like year or so remembering when I would play with kids when I was younger. I enjoyed being in like a submissive state. Like I remember one time, like I basically I I kind of let these kids like tie me up to a chair, mm. and they kind of were like being humiliated like i think they pulled my pants down they were trying to like you know right beat billy up a little bit and i didn't like the beating up but like i enjoyed the the being helpless type of mindset so it was coming out in a non-sexual context and then later in my adult life it comes out in a sexual way that makes sense i guess i never really thought of that before but now that i think about it there like when i was in preschool there were these girls who i looked up to and they were so pretty and I was just like, man, like, I look up to these 
girls, I wish I could be like them and that they would play like board games with me or whatever, you know? Board games. But like every day they would tease me. Mm-hmm. They would make fun of me and I would just cry. And as much as I hated it, like I just felt, it felt really good to just like cry, you know? Crying's great. Yeah, it's it's I'm it's so great. Oh. Crygasms are the best. Sometimes if I just need to cry, just look for any Oscar nominated drama and I'm just going to put that on. Because I know I'm, I'm going to get at least one tearjerker at some point. <laughs> right. Anything with Tom Hanks, you know, I'll put it on and I'm going to cry. And it's great. Even just like last, last night, I, was, uh, I went to a high school reunion in Connecticut and I'm driving back. And I, like, I had emotions from, the, from that. And we were talking about family. So you're catching up with teachers, talking about family. And, and then and, and I didn't cry on campus, but like, I wanted to get a little cry out in the car. Just put on I'll Cover You by rent put on the reprise you got put the, the the first one's real happy you got put on the reprise when it's very sad and then you know i get a nice tear in cheer myself up with wicked afterwards you know that's uh <laughs> oh it's crazy time so the back to the writing so the wonderful words and you've been putting out um what what have you put out so far so i have been published in a book called coming out like a porn star jizzly right jizzly mm-hmm. yes the wonderful Jizzly. Um, I have been published on Literary Kitchen, which is um, a site that Eric Gore runs. Where else have I been? Published? And this is all like erotic nonfiction, or it's it's nonfiction. It's not necessarily always erotic, but yes, the the essay that I have in coming out like a porn star is is definitely erotic. Um, I have a bunch of interviews out. Um, but most of the stuff that I have, I feel like the the biggest bulk of the stuff that I have is unpublished. It's my mm. memoir. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what's uh what's like the through line with the memoir? Like what's what is the thing? Is it more stuff like the King stuff or is it more stuff like with about um like coming out to your father? It's it's mostly about my experiences in porn and publishing and the porn industry and publishing industry and all of the wonderful women that I've met in those industries and how I've basically found myself in community through them. Okay. Oh, when we were doing the checklist of your resume, the other thing I forgot was sex worker. That was right. Now it's coming back to me 25 minutes later. Uh When did you start doing sex work? Like, I'm, I'm assuming is it escorting or is it some other form? It was webcam act, webcaming actually. So that was when I was, I think I was 19 when I started that. Okay, so you don't you don't escort? I do. Oh, you do. Actually, okay. let me go through the the full list of so many gigs. Things so many. That I do. Yeah, I like to diversify. Um, <laughs> so I'm an escort. I'm a pro dom, um, pro sub, full body sensual massage provider. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, what else? I, yeah, I do porn. I sometimes webcam. Uh, that's the bulk of it. Yep. Okay. Okay. And when did you start escorting? It started after the porn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it just kind of happened. I, the, I guess what the, the switch that got flipped for me was, well, I just, just take away the, the camera. camera. Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you show up? Do you show up in more of like a feminine garb or? Mm -hmm. Most of the sex work that I do is in femme drag. Okay. Yeah. And that's what you call when you're more like expressing like quote unquote typical girl. Yes. Right? Like yeah. girly. Uh-huh. Right. I also did femme drag last night. I was Wonder Woman. Yeah? Yeah. It was very interesting because like. What was in, last night? It was a. It was a Halloween, you know, Halloween party crazy night. Okay. Everybody going out. Um, 
Yeah, it, it was funny because I normally just dress like this. Right. Like my clothes are baggy. It's just you look like a hacker. That's right, all. Right, basically. <laughs> like some tech dweeb from the Bay Area. That's me. Um, but yeah, I was just in, I was in my Wonder Woman onesie with the like, you know, the booty shorts kind of cut off. And Does the hair come down for all that? The hair or? comes okay. down and there's makeup on my face. And it was just funny to be like, oh, this is what it must feel like to be like a quote unquote typical lady. Yeah. <laughs> Just walking around the street and like I, I, I saw dudes like doing the whole like turning their heads to follow my my path and having people whistle at me and, and honk. But now when you're like that, say you're dressed up for to go like meet up with a client. Mm. Um do you sometimes dress like that on your own normally when you're feeling more girly that day? Or is that like you're really just out of yourself? I I really feel like it's a part of me now. Okay. Um, I don't really dress feminine when I'm not doing work. So then how does that feel when you're out in like the fem drag? Like, does that make you feel odd or anything? You're like, why kind am of. I? Do you feel dressed like a clown almost? Yeah, well, I feel like it's just basically like it's Halloween every day for me, you know, okay. when I'm when I'm working. Well, before I meet a client, I'm typically in my regular garb, and then when I get to wherever I'm going to, the dungeon, mm-hmm. the hotel, then I will um dress up. But uh yeah, it is it's not really common for, you know, the civilians to see me in the the femme drag these days unless I'm getting paid for it. Right, right. I just didn't know if there was like any sort of like uh, like feelings you had, if there was a if there was like a weirdness about being, like expressing a gender identity that you're not normally in. I mean, I I love it. When I first started doing porn, I didn't, I didn't have this distinction about like my gender. I I didn't. I wasn't very embodied back then. Right. Like, I learned... in, the, in the excerpt you sent me, like it, it seemed like you were uncomfortable in that yeah. first dolled up. Right. It was very foreign to me in the beginning. And at that point, I was just very feminine all the time Mm -hmm. because I was coming from this place where I just wanted to be like a like a quote unquote real Real woman. Yeah. Yeah, Like I was I, I just wanted to feel that because I had never really felt that my whole life. So I went into it and I was just femme jag 24 mm-hmm. seven. Like I was Milka Halili even off screen. Um, but as I discovered myself through porn and realized that I, I actually do get really turned on by dressing up more feminine, um, I, I started to own it more. And then off screen, I would just dress up how, you know, would, how it feel best for me yeah. as the person, not the performer. Um, and that really helped me to own how good it made me feel and how great it feels to be fetishized and objectified in like this hyper feminized form. Objectification like gets a bad rap because yeah. like when you know when it's when you're in control of it, oh it feels good. Like right. I love a good being objectified when I can figure out how to make it happen. Right. Like even when I was webcamming, like yeah, it was all dudes and I'm I'm not into men. So it's but it's like, yeah, I know it's all dudes, but I'm like, oh like I felt pretty. Like Right, right. Like exactly. take your you look great. I'm like, oh my God, I do. Holy shit. This is <laughs> <laughs> like uh, if I go to a if I go out to a gay bar with friends and if I if I get hit on I'm like, yes, this is great. This is a good day. Billy's feeling good. I don't have to like <laughs> starve myself tomorrow. Because Billy always feels fat. This is a uh, the the running theme of the show, ah. yeah. Uh, like last night, I was at like a little private play party get together, and I only I only felt sexier about myself because there was another man there who normally looks like 
fucking Rocky from Rocky Heart. Like that. Like he looks. He look. He's got the abs and the stuff. And like he's like one of those like Adonis type dudes. And yeah. I guess he hasn't been working out. And he looked a little not like chubby, but you know it was rolling in. And I was just like, right. oh yes, awesome. Like that was. <laughs> I only took I took comfort in his being out of shape that I could feel good about where my body was at. It was very strange. It's always great to have external things to help you feel better about yourself. I mean, yeah, because what am I going to do? Have inner strength? That seems really difficult. We're not all as strong as you, okay? (laughs) I I go on stage and seek the approval of strangers. I mean, don't get me wrong. I totally love that, too. I love being um, complimented by other people. It it helps sometimes. But when you're in the typical... um, in like what you feel comfortable expressing, do you still get the cat calls, or do you, you get guys? Who, or do you get guys who are confused? They're like, I don't. I have a thing. I have a thing about licking your booty hole, but I don't know if you are. And then, and then it's like you know, you like you almost confuse them out of. I don't really get that anymore. Yeah. Uh, you, every once in a blue moon, this has probably happened twice since I've really started to like own my gender expression. I had one guy who he got very close to me and he, he was just like, Oh, you have a pussy. And I was just like, what the, f- <laughs> what, the, the guy's the way, like he's the pussy whisperer. Like he's got to, right. he's got to get like a certain, I don't, I'm not going to try to come close on your space, but he's got to come a certain inches away. He's like, <laughs> I, I can't, I think, I think I can, <laughs> or that could be Krispy Kreme. I'm not sure, but oh, I don't, God. I can't see. <laughs> right. He's like, <laughs> it's just odd that he's like, he's got it before he can cat call you. He's got to confirm that you have a vagina. Right. Otherwise, he's like, oh, no, I had a great one. Oh, but no, that you've got a penis. I, I, I can see the Adam's apple now that we're close enough. <laughs> you got off light this time, kid. Um, that's got to be, it's going to be odd that you, it's almost like your blade walking through the world sometimes. Um, I mean, it's it's just nice to not be harassed. Harassed. That must, that must be nice. Seven. Yeah. As, as someone who doesn't get harassed, it's 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 quite nice. It's y'all, y'all should try it sometime. It's, <laughs> I mean, just look frumpy <laughs> like me. No. no. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Um, and then we're talking about tone. We we what happened? We were talking about dating relationship styles relationship styles right um and poly and the poly pockets um yeah i was asking if you were dating i guess we can sum that up or we can i don't want to pretend like we didn't just already answer it that would be weird but to sum it up you you know i'm (laughs) I'm dating i'm currently looking for someone who is kind of in the gray area like open like me not monogamous not polyamorous um yeah, and you were asking me if I'm dating anybody right, right. now. <laughs> that's where we were. But then we that's the that's the weird thing about what that happens there because it's like we already answered it. We had the the real talk. So to do it again would like feel fake. Yeah, it would be, like, be fake. Like I don't want to ask you if you're dating right now. I already know the answer. You just told me. I just, my thing messed up and we didn't record it. Uh, yeah. Well, live. you you were asking me if <laughs> if you think I will ever find someone who is also in that gray area. So I was about to respond. Oh, sorry. Um, no, yeah, that's, that's where we left off. And yeah, I I, I think that I well, I don't want to like jinx it because it's <laughs> it's it's like so new to me that um, and it was kind of like on accident, like. I'm I'm awful this way. Like I'll be the person to like set up like a really romantic date, mm-hmm. and then do all the things and just like be a nice person and like not really expect much from it. But then afterwards, 
I'll realize like, oh, that person is into me or they think I'm cute or they want to continue having a romantic right. um, <laughs> connection. And then my friends will have to be like, Milka, that person thinks you're cute. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> and so, I'll have like to like backtrack. You can't believe it. You're like, yeah, I'll have to backtrack and be like, "Oh wait, I guess you're right." Um, cool. So, what do I do now? So, <laughs> the um the person I'm dating, I I took them out on this like really romantic date where I I got a hotel room for us and it was like this top four suite and it had this amazing view where you could see the Hollywood sign from the window okay. and and then we went up to this rooftop restaurant and the sun was setting. So uh, we could like see this like really amazing view. There was um, there was downtown LA and the hills and we could see the sun setting. And I don't know, it was we we went bar hopping afterward and we were very we were very similar in and like how we approach dating, we're both open, we're both really fluid and growth oriented, and and we both make porn, which is nice. Right. Um, oh, so it's not, okay, it's another performer. <laughs> yeah, it's another performer. I have never dated. Have I dated another performer? No, I haven't. I have not dated another porn performer. I've okay. dated other performers, but not specifically in porn. And. I you what know about, like what other type of perform like a juggler what <laughs> <laughs> like just like weird performance art you know like that like oh very heady like blood on one side of the face arty shit yeah to represent the political <laughs> divide in this country right right exactly <laughs> um and yeah I was also to be honest I was also scheduling this date as kind of like in my mind because I'm fucking weird. Um, I saw it as like a business opportunity. I was like, yeah, I'm going to like approach this person. This about- is how people network with romantic <laughs> candlelit dinners, right? That's how we all woo financers. Am I- Isn't that how, that's how uh, I got my movie made? Maybe I'm blind to my own motives. I, I don't send know. roses to all the agents <laughs> in Hollywood. That's, am I doing this wrong? Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know what goes on in my mind sometimes. But I wrote Leslie Moonves <laughs> a very nice poem. So he would green light my movie. But but to be fair, I'm romantic with everybody. Yeah? I'm romantic with my friends. I'm like pan romantic. Like in the way that I'm demisexual, I only have like sexual feelings for people that I know emotionally. Like I'm romantic with anyone, even if they're my, my platonic fan. I'll be like, I'm so happy I met you. You're, you're my soulmate. Na, 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 na. Like, very lovey dovey feelings. Very lovey dovey. Now, is your love, is your, love is a topic I've been interested in, in recently because of my dating life, but it's like, uh, do you find your platonic love to be different from, say, your, um, your romantic loves, which to be different from other type of love? <sighs> or is it all kind of the same animal? It's, it's all kind of the same animal. The only difference between, like, the rom- the romantic sexual love is that we have sex. Sure. Yeah. Um but like <laughs> I have a lot of I'm poly and that I have a lot of partners. It just it I just don't see poly as like in a sexual way. Like I will like I have a lot of life partners so that, that are just that, my friends. Yeah, I was going to say that just sounds like a friend. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like a friend that it, I'm committed to for life. Sure. Yeah. I mean that yeah, best friends. I mean that's what the zucchini thing was about that confused me. Right. Well, yeah, I just call I just call them my best friends or my my ride or die life partners. Um but you guys have matching yeah. tattoos, ride or die. <laughs> ride or die OPs. <laughs> but but yeah, that's why like I'm a fucking weirdo and I'll do something like that and like 
think, oh, I'm doing this like kind of for business, but it'll be more romantic. And I didn't take, I didn't get the hint until, I mean, like we like, we went back to the hotel after we bar hub, so we like we fucked that night. I don't. Was, I yeah. Then we know, fucked, like, but I don't know like, if they're into me. It's like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know what that means in the modern world. Because uh, no, in Hollywood, uh, finger blasting—that's how you sign that's deals. How, yeah, that's how you shake hands. Yeah, right? you sign the contract <laughs> with the pussy juice. <laughs> with it's just you squirt all over oh, the God. document. Uh, yeah, that's how I do things, but I don't I, know about maybe, you. I but. guess that's just how you was raised. <laughs> I was raised right. But yeah, I didn't get the hint until like I heard this this person um, speak on a podcast and be like, yeah, I hope that we that we continue a romantic connection. And I was like, uh, <laughs> oh, Ooh, OK, OK. <laughs> I was not really thinking about that. <laughs> I just wanted to facilitate like a sexy good time for this person because they're amazing and i didn't want to like you know expect anything or like feel entitled to anything beyond that now do they use the pronoun they or are you just mas- like are you masking who no it is? She, she yeah she yeah okay. they don't i was use, just curious yeah i'm just low-key masking well that i mean that's the confusion <laughs> with the pronoun they right which right. was like a conversation i was having <laughs> with my girlfriend upstairs was about like the pronoun they and them for gender queer or just for like people who don't want to use he she right. and we were having that discussion of just like it's too conf- it's it's confusing i was like how many people are we talking about do you now say is they uh because if we were mean singular well, that's I'm, how i say it do you do that i'm from the bay so is, that's how is they, oh right 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 cool because you're hip and cool i get it um <laughs> this is all intentional i feel like when i if i wore the outfit you're wearing it would look like I was being lazy, but you wear it. It looks I'm a hipster. In, it looks intentional. It looks fashionable. <laughs> I don't right. know how to do that. Um, no, but but you know that that's definitely like a thing that confuses me. And yeah. uh, and at the end of the day, I say like, call yourself what you want to call yourself. I right. don't care. Just you can politely correct me in person when we meet or whatever. But um, you know they. I find confusing because if they, someone's like, they're coming to the party, I'd be like, oh, no, I only made dinner for three people. Yeah, it's just Jim. I'm like, oh. Right. I, I feel like I'd get all behind a new pronoun, but I feel like it's it's it doesn't, the language is supposed to clarify. Like, as a writer, I feel like you can appreciate that that argument, that side of it, is that um, language is supposed to be able to clearly communicate, and they meet is like a it's a plural pronoun right well language is supposed to but like i was talking about earlier language is dependent on the person speaking it and their life but don't experience. we but if we're all for example if we're speaking english we're all using these rules of english that we've all implicit like uh we've all kind of agreed on so that we all can understand what we're saying just like if you go to spain there are certain things in grammar that you're gonna use because that's what we've agreed on that we're going to easily be able to communicate. Right. I guess the problem with that is that all of these agreements are unspoken. And if we're talking about somebody, for example, I'm, I'm Filipino American. So I come from a culture or my parents come from a culture where there isn't a he or she pronoun. It's just one pronoun. So technically we all, the only pronoun we Everyone's have they. is they. Yeah. Everyone's they. Is that same for plural versus singular? Um, Actually, that's a good question. Because that's the only. I think that's yeah. the main, the, the main quote unquote beef. And my beef is not like serious. Like I'm, I'm not marching about it. Um, but it's like, I think that's my only beef is that it's, it's you're taking a plural pronoun in English and turning it into a singular. Right. And I was like, that's confusing. But that's interesting mm-hmm. that everyone's they. 
and mm-hmm. those you have no idea. But if if they could be, um, if they is also, if it's the same pronoun for plural and singular, then yeah, like that's very interesting because you could be like, yo, my homies, my homies, they're on my way. You're in some trouble, and then it could just be like one guy to back you up. Yeah, but you say they real intensely, like they're on their way, trying to scare them, and then right, right. You know, then your backup's just one guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I just, I use they because Z to me sounds lame. I don't know. I just don't like how that sounds. I agree. I agree. (laughs) So I'd rather use they. And also, I guess because in in Tagalog, he or she is just sha. Is is sha? No, no, you say in the what? In Tagalog, that's the the language for Filipinos. Okay. uh, Back in the mainland. All right. But, um, yeah, it's, well, so if I said maganda sha, which means um, he or she is beautiful. You wouldn't know if it was he or she unless you knew directly who I was speaking of. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. That's so I guess in that way, like with my f- you know framework, it's it doesn't feel that complicated to me. Like if somebody says that, I'm I'm not gonna assume how many people unless I ask. You know. Hmm. I just feel like in English, it's just a. Uh, I, I would love to see like a new pronoun. I know they try with G. Or and, and there's like other ones. Yeah. And I'm just like, those don't sound right, but or I'll use whatever y'all tell me to use. But I, part of me thinks like, you know, they is taken. Like that one, that's claimed. It's it's spoken for. I think people are incorporating it like, um, like legit, like newspapers or something. Maybe well, I'm- they're doing they're doing it because that's what they seem to they're being told to use. But right. I I still don't think it is clear language. I don't think it's. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like my argument earlier, I don't think there is such a thing as clear language because mm-hmm. if you're dealing with people, it's just going to be messy regardless of how much you try to reach clarity. That's fair. That's fair. Hmm. <laughs> that's that's one of the things that like uh, someone on Twitter would probably yell at me about rather than have just a... in all caps. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and then and then block me, but then take screenshots before they do it, right. as opposed to just like I don't know talking. Um, and at the end, and that's a, that's another thing is like you don't have to change someone's mind on, you know, it's like uh, whether it's feminism or sex positivity or um, you know like queer politics, we're not. I don't feel like the numbers are big enough right now to like be have time to divide amongst ourselves. Seriously. So it's like let's save these. Like, yeah, I'm probably a problem in certain regards, but they're bigger fish to fry. You I mean, know, we're like, all problematic. Yeah. We're all problematic, and I agree. Like, how are you problematic? Are, well, I'm sure that there are ways that I use language that offend my trans community. Mm-hmm. Um, I I make jokes that probably are more harmful than maybe that they they are constructive. Um, I also know that I moved through grief differently, just like everybody else. But uh-huh. like, I'm I'm just gonna offend people, you know. Like, I just accept that as a, a fact of life. You're ta- y'all were talking today it. at your binder con. You were talking about offensiveness, and I was screaming at my girlfriend in a happy way. I was like, <laughs> "They're talking about uh, offending people," but like, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong at the context. But yeah. I think it was like. Uh, offending people through like graphic sexual language or yeah. sexual female empowered or language just in general right yeah it didn't seem like you were talking about offensive jokes but the things that you and tina and um the other speaker were, were saying i was like you can apply this to like say comedy it's mm-hmm, like the same mm-hmm. thing um tina made a great point that being offended is is similar to the feeling of jealousy it's like that's a a your emotion like 
Not right. to say like, a, hey, that's a you problem, not a me problem, but that's like an emotion you got to deal with because it's... Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, you as a person need to deal with your emotions. Mm -hmm. You can let another person know how... <clears throat> you can let a person know how that affects you, how it impacts you. And if you're a decent person, you'll be like, I acknowledge that this impacts you this way. Right. You know, but at the end of the day, like it's up to you to do the emotional labor regarding how things make you feel. Right. Now, do you think the actions of people always need to change if someone's offended? I feel like that's a complex... Yay, you... That's a complex... Are on the side of nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, it's <laughs> like... Well, I feel like people shouldn't be allowed to police other people's actions, like, even if it's because of some upset. And I, even if it's a cis straight white guy. Even right. If, yeah. I mean, regardless of your identity, I feel like, you know, if you are hurting someone... Mm. And if, if, if you can acknowledge that you are hurting someone, I think that that's where it starts. Whether or not you can change your behavior, whether you want to is another question. Cause maybe whatever action you do is just like part, like not to be like, you're, ex this is an excuse, but maybe that's how you were brought up. That's how you were raised. Mm. Like, Maybe you're not going to change overnight. Like, maybe you don't want to for whatever reason. Cause, or maybe know, the joke is just really funny. Like, or maybe the joke is really like, funny. <laughs> like, yeah. And that goes back to, like, my whole, like, it's all about, you know, your frame of reference and mm. where you come from. And, like, I don't know. Like, that that's where I feel like it gets complex. Like, um, you know, if you can and if you want to, it would be nice to be able to, like, mind how you behave to not negatively impact this person. But I, I feel like sometimes people get caught up in, like, you like you hurt me, you need to fix this, you need to change this, or you're an awful person, which right. isn't constructive either way. And you're still dealing with that emotion because you've never dealt with it, you're just... You're just like projecting it onto to the person who offended you. Right. Um, someone, I forget who I spoke to on the show recently, but someone made the point that it's called um, you take offense, not get offense. Like that's it's uh, you take being offended. Right. You know, um, yeah. Well, I think that also, you know, puts more empowerment on the person who's having feelings. Mm -hmm. it, it makes them a more autonomous person instead of a person that just has stuff happen to them, you yeah. know? Have you had somebody, I mean, what's your experience with that personally? Um, well, having gone through my poly phase, I've made plenty of, you know, mistakes in <laughs> being problematic, hurting other people when, you know, when you date more than one person, things get messy. <laughs> and I, yeah, I've, I've, I've been in a lot of weird situations and felt conflicted. I feel like what I've ended up doing or what at least I feel like I can do, like the best that I can do is just be like, hey, I acknowledge that I hurt you. Is there a way that I can change? And if I can't, I will let you know that this is like really hard for me and maybe I should just like remove myself from you or you should block me, you know, whatever. Right. Like it is, it, for me, it, I don't take it as like, oh, I'm an awful person. I take it as like, oh, like we, for whatever reason, aren't compatible we're not on the same path. We're not Twitter compatible. Right. And you should just not follow me. Yeah. It's a great option Let's that they give you. Let's continue this. Like, like, you deserve to live your life. I deserve to live mine. Mm -hmm. The only... And then the, the weird thing to have to juggle then is how to balance that with, like, people who are, like, 
on the right side of things socially, progressively, and then with the people who are still living in, say, the, the 40s, who right. would make the same argument. And then that's when I feel like that's the place where like us left left leaning people go like, oh, shit, did he make a point? Because I said that sentence yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's tricky. It's all real tricky. I think if we just go back to and, it, and it, it goes in with the what you're talking about in the beginning of this podcast about identity politics and labels where it's like, let's just go back to just talking about yourself and make it specific scenarios. And, you know, right. there's, a, there's no overarching rule. Yeah, let's not create another like dichotomy or another like fucking institution that we have to abide by. Let's just let each other self-determine and live their lives the way that they want to. And if you want me to call you zucchini, like goddammit, I will call you zucchini, right. but don't be super mad when I want to giggle in my head about it. Right. I mean, yeah. well, uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, <laughs> like if, if you're going to like keep your internal dialogue to yourself, because like, I mean, I can't promise it's going to be to myself. It might go to Twitter <laughs> later, but like maybe unnamed. Okay. <laughs> well, I feel like that's fair. Like, I, well, I mean, as long as you're not like targeting somebody specifically. And no, no, I'm not going to say James. I'm not going to out them. James as a zucchini. Uh, right. That would be really embarrassing for James. I mean, I make fun of, I, I, I like to make fun of myself. Mm-hmm. I like to make self deprecating jokes. Like, they're, they're like what were you saying? Structured. They're they're intentional. Like I'm not going out yeah. and like witch hunting anybody. I'm just like oh ha ha ha. Like isn't humanity funny? What a farce. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and then it goes to. And I know you listen to the demisexual episode uh, because you identify as demi. But yeah. it's like at the end of the day, like I'll call someone can call themselves demisexual or whatever. I just don't want to be told that like I gotta go march for the demis because I'm like I don't know. I feel like there's like a, like 17 other marches more important right now. And if we solve all those and then there's this group of people who are being, um, you know, ostracized then like, OK, let's focus on that then. But right now, I feel like there are bigger things to for to like yell at me for being wrong about. I get what you're saying. I feel like that's also like a very like risky thing to say because it could be interpreted the wrong way. But I feel like what you're saying is like, you know, it's like equity. There are. Yes, like we all deserve equal rights. And also there's like there's a like a hierarchy of you know like problematic shit in the world yeah there's like, like numbers of people who are being um who are who are being put down like black lives matter right like there's <laughs> way more black people dealing with shit than there are like demisexuals getting fired from their jobs right 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 like i was just like it, i think it it just it's kind of a sign of how obsessive compulsive can be people can be uh, about the regarding, labels? regarding, yeah, about their labels or regarding their own, their own issues. Yeah, you know, like I their feel... issue becomes the number one issue, which makes sense. Yeah, because if I had a thing going on, I would want to make it the. Fr- I would be, go Cartman from South Park, and I would make my issue the most important issue <laughs> because only because it affects me. Otherwise, I wouldn't give a shit. Right. <laughs> you know. But I feel like I don't know. I I believe f- more than anything in intersectionality. Like mm. if I say that I'm a feminist, that doesn't mean that like I only love women and I only stand for women's rights because I don't think that's what feminism. I don't think feminism. F- Feminism is about women's rights. I don't it's think that at all. It's about gender equality. Yeah. yeah, I think it's about like people, regardless of their gender, being able to express themselves in whatever feminine way they feel like expressing them, or whatever is labeled feminine, without being shit on. You yeah. know, and that applies to cisgendered straight men too. 
for the one in a billion times in a right. in the day that we maybe have but, a hard but, time. But no, no, no. But like, also, you know, for like, that time, like I get, I trip on the sidewalk. I mean, I mean it's, <laughs> it's not like you will like parade around like being like I will yeah. cry to like like I like I love crying. I'll like cry to rent songs. Like this is what I do. Like that's not something that is socially acceptable for men, and it's also a feminist oh, I'm a, issue. I'm aware. I am quite aware. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, and it's unfortunate that, um, you know, like crying or being vulnerable is seen as like being feminine, but that's it's where we live that's in. That's where we are right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's great what you said that feminism has to stand up for everybody. Not right. to, and just in the same way, and I can't remember exactly where, but like something happened and uh, the, someone was um, shot or someone died for a very bad, not justified reason. I think it was a white person and Black Lives Matter showed up like Black Lives Matter um, protesters and people. They showed up like to support that person. Meanwhile, like all those all lives matter people, they weren't that they <laughs> nowhere to be seen. Uh, right. You know, and because Black Lives Matter doesn't just mean Black Lives Matter. It just oh. means all, all of them do matter. But right now, these ones need to get some more extra help. All of yeah, all of the rights that are being denied to Black people affect everyone. Yeah, yeah. If we're not all equal, if we don't all have the same rights, then it impacts everyone, even white people. Even white people. Those that one time of the day, someone gets my order wrong, and it really, it really. No, upset I mean me. that it's just like, yeah. No, I mean that like, I feel like it's damaging to white people to not have access to Black culture. Hmm. I feel like that is damaging that? to like all of humanity. I I just have learned personally in my life, I feel like my life is more enriched when I am able to celebrate and discover diverse groups of people. Right. Always. If I'm if I'm ignorant that I then I feel, you know, that like I don't have access to something which is sad because I don't feel like I belong. And I feel like that's like the worst human experience to feel like you don't belong and feeling alone yeah yeah so i feel like a lot of like i don't know white pushback is like they they feel left out which is kind of funny because like i feel like (laughs) as a whole brown people feel in general like we're actually the ones being left out but but (laughs) aside from like the the fake kind of like oh i feel left out there but that like that's like a a, like a a serious problem i feel like Feeling left out, feeling lonely is. If we could teach them that, uh, like polyamory, in that, like, yeah, you can love multiple people at the same time. Uh, many l- different types of lives can matter at the same time. Doesn't have to be that one life matters. Just because we say the black ones matter more now or ma- matter now, it doesn't mean like the white ones matter less. It's uh, come on, all of our lives poly matter. They, they all over my life. They poly prob- matter, probably. <laughs> yeah, and like, but like that's the whole thing we were talking about earlier too about nuance and and context. Like when and people being so literal, like people see Black Lives Matter, they 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 take it literally when we're not really talking about like that yeah. literally. We're talking about how Black people are. Come on, it's not a marketing seen. decision. Can you just right? Like deal people with aren't it? seen as human; they're denied rights. Get, a, with the, on, get with the fucking picture. On a way smaller scale, like, you know, you see Man Whore Podcast, and I'd say, if I say what the premise is, which is that um, typically on the show, like, I'll talk to women I've hooked up with about right. sex and dating. That sounds like bitches I banged with Billy Presida. Right. Like, and I'll be like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, there's new... No, that's, that's I mean, right. you're you're phrasing it that way because it's, that's it's a, marketing. Like man a concise just, it's elevator a good, pitch. Yeah, man, yeah, concise elevator pitch and man whore stands out. It's like it's marketing. I'm not the devil. It's, but that's not <laughs> necessarily the essence of your show. Right, right. Yeah. Um, 
But Bitches I Bang with Billy Percy is a great title. Yeah, for actually, like, maybe we should change that. For a shitty frat boy <laughs> show, that's a great title. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, I have one other question, and I yeah. only ask this because I don't, I don't tend to get people who are genderqueer or trans on the show. Try to. It's, uh, <laughs> but So I've heard this phrase, um, experiencing gender. And for like obvious reasons, I don't know what that means. So when I've talked to, when, you know, I've, I'll read pieces by trans people or genderqueer people talking about how they were experiencing gender in this way or that way. And I'm like, well, I don't understand that phrase. I want to. I've, I've always been very curious. That's funny that you mentioned that because I... I've probably heard that term before, but I feel like I'm only really hearing it now, now that you're asking me this because, question. Because, and specifically in listening to you on Tina Horn and, um, and in reading some of your stuff, it, it seems like there, you know, you feel maybe more girly at one time or feel more like boyish at another. And like that might be what that is. Like sometimes, I don't know. I'm asking. Yeah. I guess, well, if I, if, yeah, I guess experiencing gender would be for me like well i believe that gender is a construct yeah first off so <laughs> if if i'm like i i uh, understand that constructs aren't real but i understand that the the impact that they have is very real mm-hmm. so i guess my experiencing gender is is you know through performance like i'm experiencing gender through performance um, I would argue that gen- all of gender is really a performance since it's a construct. And well, okay, so I, I guess in that sense, I've I've experienced what it's like to be perceived and treated as a woman. Okay. So I've experienced gender as a female, although I don't identify as one. Um, are you like accepting and cool with like your parts? Like, are you happy? You happy? Oh yeah. Or I mean, I I came into my sexuality through porn, through femme drag. So okay. I don't mind my my tits or my pussy being called my tits or my pussy. I would prefer that the people who speak about my body parts are people who I'm intimate with. Sure. You know, just <laughs> I feel like many of us would share <laughs> right, that right, sentiment. Right. Um, but I'm also really turned on by people calling my clit a cock or. Mm. Like my bonus boy hole, or you know, like just I guess queer terms for my body bark. Boneless boy hole. Bonus boy hole, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, that's isn't that a good cute? one. That's a cute one. <laughs> um, so there's that, but yeah, I, I even though I don't feel like a woman, I I feel in solidarity with women because mm-hmm. of how I've been treated for most of my life. Okay. I really identify more with men, though. Really. Yeah. Okay. How so? Um, I grew up around boys. I identified with my dad more than my mom. Um, I have a really fucked up relationship with my dad. I don't talk to him anymore. But I, I essentially like watched him uh, sexually harass and like assault my mom. Mm. So the funny part was though, growing up. There's a funny part. Okay. Yeah. The funny part was, well, it's kind of weird, uh, but like, <laughs> I, I guess it's not all that funny, yeah, my, to be honest. My dad used to sexually assault my mom, and man, it was whole, no, 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 let me get to the funny part. Right, right. <laughs> no, like, the strange part was that instead of being, because people would look at me and assume, oh, you're a girl, and I thought I was a girl, but the the, the thing about it was, I didn't automatically feel in solidarity with my mother. I wasn't like... Oh, mommy was raped, so that means I'm gonna get raped too. Mm. I was like, "Oh, daddy raped my mom. Does that mean I'm gonna be a monster too? Am I gonna rape people?" Because wow. I just like identified more with 
the quote-unquote male boy experience like I always felt more like the boys I like video games I like sports like I was kind of crass and like and so into uh, fart jokes whatever you know <laughs> in the fart jokes and, and, and fart jokes really should be accessible to any Anyone. gender right yeah. yeah but and but I think that goes back to the earlier point of mine is that if if experiencing gender or feeling feeling if the phrase feeling like a boy feeling like a girl is a thing I like I feel like that reinforces the gender norms and i feel like to truly shatter those shouldn't we take away the concept of feeling like a boy like wouldn't it be great to like be a girl who's like right. yeah i'm a girl and i love video games and sports and fart jokes yeah or and just not gendering experiences right. at exactly. all exactly taking being... basically stripping the gender from those things and be like i'm a girl i like these things and they have nothing to do with my being a girl or not right you know it's just what i like to do yeah i it's funny when I okay so when is I is this one fun? No, I'm just not. It's it's funny when I like so my my best friend when she realized that I'm trans she had this whole thing going on where she wanted to ask me all the questions because she that's gotta be tiring yeah and I really apologize so tiring I for all the questions <laughs> I threw at you but well um, I mean I signed up for this so. sure, sure, yeah <laughs> but like she she just wanted so badly to get it right but like. It, it was just like so weird because she was like, okay, so like, so like a boy or like a girl. And I'm like, well, you, you can't really gender experiences, but for the sake of, you know, like just like getting the basics down. Yes. Like mm -hmm. let's use these terms. Let's speak about the binary as symbolism for what we're really trying to talk about, which is the human experience. Okay. To close on a funny note, do you have a favorite fart joke of some sort? Not really. Well, do you, not oh, do you, mind. do you do <laughs> farting? Do you like fart stuff sexually? Because you said you like <laughs> you said you like gross stuff. No, but have you seen that porno of Mona Whale's farting glitter? I have not seen farting glitter, but I've heard I've seen cake farts. Oh. That there are different farting. Huh. There, that there are different popular farting porn videos is, you know, and we're in 2016 right. um, because that's the thing. I had a woman, Kelsey Obsession, on the show, uh, and she does like niche body orient, like bodily function porn, body parts and bodily functions. Like she did a whole blowjob video with, with hiccups. Like it was a hic for a hiccuping fetishist. So she's like walking over, like saying like sexual things, but like hiccuping during it. And then she's like giving the blowjob and she stops in the middle and she's got the dick in her mouth and she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and, <it was> like <laughs> and there's a guy who, and there's a guy who blew his load when she went, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to yuck your yum, but dude, that's a little funny. <laughs> I guess I, I'm not that much of a fetishist. <laughs> it's all right. You know, well, cause like to the, I mean, to the, come on to the crazy kinky people, like I'm very vanilla, but with right. my comedy friends, like I'm the, I'm the crazy weird exactly. sex guy. And I'm like, I, someone, a, a writer was asking me like, so what are your kinks? Cause she wants to work with me on a piece. And, and I'm like, I'm not really like that kinky. I like hooking up with strangers on Craigslist sometimes, but like not like a kinky person. Um, but it, it's odd to be like in the in-between, like where amongst maybe the the porn people, you could be like a pretty tame on the tamer side of things. But where, uh, with the muggles, you know, you right. might be wild. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, was there anything else you, you wanted to cover or did any, any final closing thoughts? What was the Jerry Springer thing? He was, What was the end of Jerry Springer episodes called? He had like a the the closing portion of a show after like the mom like argued with her sister about how they're banging in the same brother. Oh they, they would have <laughs> he would have his like his closing moments. We're gonna pretend to be serious about this. Um, any any closing thoughts? 
Um, I just want to know if that poopsicle joke <laughs> got in there. Oh, oh, that's in. That's okay. it. Don't worry. It is a hundred. I will. It's a hundred percent in. All right. Great. <laughs> well, that on that note, let, let's close. <laughs> uh, Milka, <laughs> where close where can uh, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Milka Halili. That's M I L C A H H A L I L I. And also at my blog, slutsmartsoul.com. Which is, uh, and you're blogging about what? Um, mostly about uh, lifestyle, lifestyle, wellness. Yep. Okay, cool. Check those out. I'll have links to those in the show notes. And uh, Milka, thank you so much. Uh, say goodbye to people. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Later. God damn it, Milka. You're just so reasonable. Uh, really enjoyed my conversation with Milka. It's always fun talking to like a sex positive person who's politically correct and forward thinking and liberal and feminist and at the same time reasonable. Hey, um, please go check out Milka all over the place on the things. They are on Instagram and Twitter at Milka Halili, M-I-L-C-A-H-H-A-L-I-L-I. I'll have a link in the show notes. And then go check out their writing and their porn at on MilkaHalili.com and SlutSmartSoul.com. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at TheBillyPresida. Uh, say hello to both of us. Say hi. Use the hashtag ManWhorePodcast. Let us know what you thought about this week's episode. And if you want to say something privately to me, you can send your comments, your questions, and your booby pictures to ManWhorePod at gmail.com. Please like the Man Whore Podcast fan page on Facebook. And if you want to join the conversation with your fellow fan whores, uh, head on over to the Man Whore Podcast subreddit. There are individual comment threads for every episode. And I also like to post pictures, questions, links to articles I'm quoted in. And I also like to respond to your post there as well. That's r slash Man Whore Podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, The Motor Bunny. Get $50 off a Motor Bunny starter set when you enter the code MANHOR at checkout. Thank you all for uh, for letting me live my dream. If you're around on Facebook Live or Periscope around 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today on Wednesday, uh, check out me recording with Alex Engelbert. Otherwise, you'll hear us next week. But until then, stay slutty. <laughs>